Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? We've got a great podcast for you heading into week two. Texans traveling up to Cleveland for their first road game. And I've got Brandon Cooks on the podcast. And of course, we will take a look at that matchup with the Browns. Nathan Zagura of the Browns radio network he does browns daily he'll chat with us about baker mayfield and what that browns team looks like and what they expect to see from the texans a lot of former browns on this texans team heading into cleveland on sunday so i'll ask him about some of those players and and the players that he covered that are now texans and what he thinks about uh, them and what they've done in their past notably tyrod taylor who used to be with the cleveland browns for a short amount of time back in 2018 well first we've got brandon cooks up and, you know, he's been with a lot of teams. He's never been with the Browns, but he's been with Tyrod Taylor in here for a few weeks and putting up some nice numbers, 100 yards receiving in that first game. That was all before halftime. And I talked to Brandon about quite a few things, mostly his chemistry with Tyrod Taylor and also some things that he likes to do outside of football. I think you will discover some new things about him that you did not know. I learned some new things about Brandon Cooks I did not know. Uh, But first, Texans fans, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston so you can do more of what you love, stream the game on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network, and keep your home team happy with a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Let's get right into it. Let's get right into the Brandon Cooks interview on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Brandon Cooks, year eight, now a 7,000-yard receiver for his career. Did you know that you've surpassed 7,000 yards as a... Do you do you check your stats? Uh, I games? didn't know that actually. I didn't know that. I knew I was close or I was up there somewhere, but I didn't know. I didn't know I surpassed it this week. You just passed seven thousand. I once talked to a player who said during the games he would a long time ago he would check his stats throughout the game. You you passed. Nah, I ain't doing that. You're not I doing that because you passed a hundred yards before halftime, yeah. which is the most that you've ever done in a first half as well. So um, against the Jaguars, do you sort of get that sense in a game that it's going to be that sort of a game when you're when you're putting up numbers like that? You know, what is your mentality because you've had now three games back to back to back with 100 yards receiving going back to 2020 Um, yeah I mean for me anytime I line up and get ready to go on Sundays I'm thinking it's gonna be one of those games now if that happens um, you know it all depends but that's always gonna be my mindset that's gonna be one of those days I I asked Tarod Taylor after the game because you had those two really long catches um, that led to touchdowns, yeah. and they were the two longest plays of the game. Just about his chemistry with you, and he said that he really trusts you matchup-wise. Yeah. So what goes into the, to building that trust? You yeah. guys haven't been playing that long together. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, but I think just the training camp, you know, being there day in and day out, um, you know, working on the little things and fixing mistakes, I think that's how you build that trust with your quarterback, especially on a quarterback that you've never played with before. you got to really, uh, you know, trust that practice is where you're going to get a lot of that experience from. We used to watch practice, and Mark Vanderer, who does the play-by-play, yeah, yeah. whenever he, he'd see you make a catch, he would say, a bubble wrap, because he just <laughs> did not want to see any more of you. He's like, I don't want him to get hurt. Just bubble wrap yeah. him and put him away. But you were out there every single day in camp, and then I, I actually noticed like a lot of times on drives in between plays, you'd kind of come over to the side, you look at the iPad, you'd be talking to Tyrod. You guys would be just going over the meticulous details. And I always thought it's just like one catch yeah. of one training camp practice yeah. of many days. Is that how you build that trust? I mean, yep. that's is that why you do that on Absolutely. every single play? You know, you I think that's once time you get uh, ahead of the game. Obviously, you you look at film after practice, but if you can sneak in a couple reps on film, be uh, you know during practice, that's always going to be huge because you could talk about it just in case it comes up in practice again that day. Uh, you can get it fixed right then and there. 
You've played with a lot of quarterbacks over the years. You know, what's what are some of your tricks for developing that chemistry? Because I've heard that sometimes quarterbacks yeah. and receivers, they hang out outside of football. They yeah. get on the same page. Like, what are some of the things you've you done know, over the years? I, I think my thing is, you know, throwing in the offseason, you know, with my quarterbacks, but at the same time uh, figuring out what they like and trying to mold my game to that because obviously the quarterbacks is making decisions. Yeah, they got to be comfortable. Uh, so I got to figure out what my quarterback likes uh, and make sure I do that. And then at the end of the day, uh, you know, put my signature on it as well. All right. So David Culley says that you yeah. play like a really big receiver. You mm -hmm. play like a big receiver. You go for those contested catches. How does one play bigger than their size? Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's just all about heart. Um, and, you know, for me, that's what it's always been. And then at the end of the day, just leverage. You know, this game is about leverage. You know, you think about defensive tackles and offensive line. If I can get underneath a guy, uh, no matter how big I am, um, you know, I got a chance. And so I, I take that same type of mentality when I'm playing as a receiver. How much better do you think you can be as a receiver? Do you, when you watch other games, do, you know, are you watching other receivers to see how Absolutely. you can get better? Absolutely. And I, I think there's a lot more, um, you know, for me to be able to get better. Um, there's a lot more in front of me, and I just got to continue to work at it um, and, you know, perfect, perfect my craft. I uh, saw an interview with you once a long time ago. You were asked if you weren't playing football, what would you be doing? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what you said? Was it photography? No. Uh -huh. You said you would do acting. Oh, yeah, Specifically yeah, yeah, theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember well, this? You know, but I, you did it in college. I did a lot of that I did not college. know that. Yes, I did. But uh, that's one thing for sure. I'll be somewhere by a camera, behind a camera, or in front of it. So, yeah. So what are some of the roles that you played in college? Um, You know, I've never got to the ch uh, chance to be able to actually play a role, you know, in a play because I was playing ball. And oh, sure. Those classes typically were during the fall time. But, you know, I, I got a couple roles out there, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if we want to talk about them right oh, now. Oh, really? You got <laughs> no. stuff in the works? <laughs> no. Yeah, we got to leave, leave that about. Do no. you sing, too? I try to sing. I'm always – I'm the guy <laughs> around the locker room singing. I'm not saying I can sing well, but uh, I'm singing. All right, yeah. so if you could insert yourself into any Broadway musical, Ooh. which one would you put yourself into? Oh, without a doubt, um, Book of Mormons. Mormon. The Book of Mormon. Book okay, of Mormon. Yeah, is that, that like one. comedy? And okay, that was a good one. And a lot of people played, you know, obviously uh, different roles. That or Hamilton. You know, I, I was going to say Hamilton. I like I, Hamilton. I see you as a Thomas Jefferson yeah, type. Thomas. <laughs> 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 yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. All right. So, what do you think about this team? There's so many different players yeah. coming together on offense. I know Mark Ingram has talked so highly of of you because the two of you played together yeah. with New Orleans. Yeah. What really excites you about this offense? I, I, I got to say how we all play for one another. I know that's a, a cliche thing to say, but I, I'll tell you. You talk about receivers in the run game blocking, you know, running backs in the pass game blocking, and those offensive line up front, how physical they are. Um, I think we just gel so well throughout this training camp, and we trust one another, and we plan for one another. All right, looking forward to seeing it, yeah. Brandon. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Nice, nice talking to you. Thank you for having me. That was Brandon Cooks. He's played with the Saints. He's played with the Patriots. He played with the Rams and now the Texans. He has passed 7,000 receiving yards and he still plans to keep going. And the way he's looked out there so far, it looks, it looks really good, the connection that the two of them have. So looking forward to seeing what's coming up in week two with the Cleveland Browns. A lot to see there in that defense, that front with Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney. They've got Baker Mayfield. And they've got Kevin Stefanski, the AP Coach of the Year. So what can the Texans expect when they face the Browns on Sunday? I had a chance to chat with Nathan Zagura of the Cleveland Browns to find out more. Nathan, always a pleasure to talk to you. It seems like we've been chatting a lot in the last few years, but 
Week one in the books, the Browns coming off a tough loss to the Chiefs, but I would imagine a lot to be positive about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also great to be with you and congrats to you on your week one win there with the Houston Texans. Uh, Yeah, look, we played a a great game and for three quarters went into Arrowhead Stadium against the class of our conference, the two-time defending AFC champions, and, and we're dominating the game. And the Browns would be the first to tell you they let it get away. You had a fumble, you had a muff on, on a punt snap. Um, and then another interception late. So, you know, three turnovers at Arrowhead against the Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill when they make no turnovers, not a recipe for success ultimately. But the fact that we had two turnovers on the road and still had the ball back with two minutes and a chance to win, that's good. 22 to 10 in the first half. You know, the ground game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they had three touchdowns combined on the ground. We rushed for four on the day, six yards a carry. Baker was 21 to 28 for over 300 yards passing. So, yes, very efficient on offense. And our defense, you know, I thought all in all did a very good job against an elite offense, obviously, of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now you've got Kevin Stefanski coming off of his 2020 AP Coach of the Year award. Here he is in year two. I know the expectations are really high for him heading into year two with the Browns and and everything he was able to accomplish in his first year. But looking at him now, I know it's only been one week, but what did you see different from him? Have you seen a difference in play calling, a difference in just how he handles the team? Or is it really the same Stefanski that you saw last year? The guy is the same every day. And I think that's why the players like him. And he's the same year one to year two. He just is who he is. And we talk, we joke on, on Cleveland Browns daily all the time that, you know, he's got the four piece. He's prepared. He's got a plan. He's got a process to implement the plan and he's got poise. And as one of my favorite all-time Browns, now Houston Texan money, Mitch would say, the man has no fluster. So he is who he is. You know, we were aggressive, went for it on fourth down uh, on our first drive and our second drive down in the red zone. So he's always been aggressive. He will take opportunities when they're presented. He's very heady uh, the way he handled even the end of the first half. So very typical Kevin Stefanski performance in week one. It's just, you know, Nick Chubb doesn't fumble. And he did. I've been with the Browns. You know, this is my ninth season with the Browns. I've never seen the punter just drop the snap back to him. It happened. So it was one of those kind of flute games, but from Stefanski's standpoint, you know, this coaching staff, Kevin Stefanski on the offensive side, you got Alex Van Pelt, Chad O'Shea, Bill Callahan, Stump Mitchell, Drew Petzing. It's a great staff. And to see that collaboration was fun. Our offense, it was humming. Uh, We're a talented team, but we've got to take care of our business and execute. And if we do that, I think this is going to be a very fun season. Well, as I was watching Monday Night Football, I saw another commercial from Baker Mayfield. And it was a new one because he's still putting out commercials. So oh, yes. here, here he is um, in Sunday's performance, looked really good. 21 for 28, 321 yards or one interception late in the game. Yeah. You know, what have you seen from him growth-wise? It seems like he was really getting that offense moving. That He did lead three touchdown drives in the first three drives of the game. But, you know, where have you seen him grow? Where does he still need to improve? Yeah, the Browns actually had five drives in the game with more than 75 net yards on offense, incredibly efficient. And for Baker, you know, this is the first time in his career he's had the same offensive system two years in a row, first time in his career. And so for Baker Mayfield to kind of have that continuity, same staff, same principal players, really. I mean, we're running it back, although the rookie Anthony Schwartz had a very impressive debut last week, but he's just in command. He's comfortable and it's allowed him to be advanced. And, you know, for him, the light bulb really went on 
as he got comfortable in the system last year. You know, over the second half of the year, he had 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, and he played very efficient football, 75% completions, as you mentioned, in week one. It's just that now he's just allowing the game to dictate where the football goes. The play call will kind of tell him where it goes, but then the defensive call is going to tell him where the ball goes. And so he's not forcing it anywhere. He's just reading and reacting, and, and he's very accurate with the football. He's got a very strong arm. Uh, he looks great. I think he's poised for a tremendous season. And, you know, the stats would show no touchdowns and the one interception, the interception coming obviously on the Browns' last offensive play when he's trying to throw it away and, and got hit as he did so, and it, it kind of fluttered to the sideline, and the Chiefs got it. But, you know, he easily could have had touchdowns. We ended up just getting down to the goal line and, and running it in on a couple where bombs got tackled close. So Baker's playing very well, and I think it bodes very well for the Browns' season. Yeah, that rushing attack is strong. I mean, Texans fans certainly remember last year what Nick Chubb was able to do with them. So, you know, he got a three-year extension uh, this year in camp. How, how did the Browns balance that rushing attack between Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt now that, that Chubb's got that contract extension? Yeah, it's the same philosophy as last year. You know, they will rotate at times, but Nick Chubb is the main man. Make no mistake about it. Now, Chubb and Hunt last year, if you include the playoffs, are only the fourth running back tandem in NFL history to both have more than 1,200 total yards and 12 touchdowns in the same season, in the same backfield. So it's a dynamic duo. It's the best in the NFL. And I don't think when I'm saying that, I'm saying that as a Browns person, I think everybody would agree that's the best one-two punch in the National Football League. Chubb is still the main man, but they will work Kareem Hunt in on third downs. They'll work Kareem Hunt in on some drives. You know, Kareem gets the ball. As I said, both were very strong, but it was Chubb leading the carries in that game, as it will be the case all season long. He's the main guy. He rushed for two touchdowns in this one. Kareem rushed for a touchdown of his own. It's a good, it's a good tandem and it's, it's a wonderful luxury to have. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned Kem Stefanski earlier, he's already thinking of how do I change things because we have this extra game, you know, that's 70 extra offensive snaps. That's how many extra carries for Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. How do we kind of back that out and spread that out over the course of a season, as opposed to just treating it like we're doing everything the same for 16 games. So there's a lot of rotation there and it's a nice luxury because I'll tell you defenses, they don't like it when Chubb's been beating them up and they're like, Oh good. He's finally tired. And then here comes Kareem Hunt, who, you know, has led the league in rushing in his own right. And he comes in fresh and he runs with a lot of anger and passion. And so it's a great one, two punch to have. All right. That Browns defense is scary with Miles Garrett. And now Javian Clowney on the opposite side. I know he was sick and he missed a lot of camp, but what do you expect out of that Browns front with those two? You know, they generated pressure, according to Pro Football Focus, on 44% of the dropbacks for the Kansas City Chiefs in week one, which is an astronomical number. Pat Mahomes was just unbelievable under pressure in that game. He, he had a quarterback rating of 120 when he was pressured, which is not typical for him or any quarterback. So they can generate pressure. It's miles. It's clowny on the outside, uh, inside Malik Jackson, who has been a, a long a pro bowler, been a super bowl champion. Uh, and then we found Malik McDowell, who's a very interesting story. So he was a second round pick in 2017 of the Seahawks never played a game. There was out of the league. He ended up in jail for a year knew he wanted to come back and try to play football. The Browns gave him an opportunity. He started. He was our highest graded defensive player against pro football focus. You know, in 2017, you talk to the draft pundits, he was a top five talent, but obviously there were issues there. Well, he seems to have those figured out. That front is very, very good. And then in, in some of the nickel situations, we'll bring in Tack McKinley, who was a former first rounder, a good pass rusher for the Atlanta Falcons. And those three, along with one of the Malik's, 
just get after it. And, and I'm excited to see what this rush can do, especially at home in front of our fans where it's going to be really loud on the, at the right times this game as opposed to Arrowhead, which was really loud, but not really when the Browns wanted it. All right. Well, the Texans have so many former Browns on this yes. roster. You mentioned a few earlier. Uh, Farrell Brown was obviously with the, the Texans last year, scored a touchdown up there in Cleveland. Um, and now Tyrod Taylor. So tell me a little bit about some of these, these familiar faces, especially Taylor, you know, what you remember from covering him. I know he was just with the Browns a short time, but um, it seems like he's left a lasting impact wherever he's gone. Yeah, total professional. Tyrod Taylor is a total professional, a leader, unselfish. You know, he was here the year that we drafted Baker number one overall. And, you know, he started and then Baker took over and the rest, as they say, is history, but was totally a class act the entire time he was here. Nice guy, very good dresser. I remember that very sharp dressed man, uh, but a good guy. Pharaoh's a great story. You know, he was with us for a while and, and actually made the initial roster last year and then uh, was released, went down the Texans. I love he got to score that touch since we won the game. I can be very happy for him that he scored the touchdown, but you've got two of my all-time favorite Browns, all-time favorite top human beings, interviews, people, period. Uh, Christian Kirksey, who had a nice interception week one. I was pumped for him and Money Mitch. Those guys are, if I'm putting them out, rush more of the people that I've gotten to interact wow. with my time at the Cleveland Browns, they're both on it without question. I mean, just great, great people. And I don't know if you had the chance to, to interview Money Mitch, but what an absolute treasure of a human being. Well, Texans are certainly hoping they can do a lot on defense this year for them. So pumped to have them, pumped to have you um, once again, Nathan, looking forward to the game on Sunday. Thanks so much for the time. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and, and all my, my old friends there on the Houston Texans when you guys uh, travel up to Cleveland on Sunday. Love catching up with some of my friends from around the NFL to find out about their teams and the Texans matchup. So that's behind enemy sidelines. You can catch both of these interviews, The Deep Slant and Behind Enemy Sidelines on HoustonTexans.com. We've got the video versions up for you to enjoy as well. And, you know, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You might want to check out the pregame show because I know everyone's pumped for this week two game against the Browns. And you can't get it anywhere else except for on the Houston Texans mobile app, on social media. You just need to follow the Houston Texans everywhere you go because uh, we've got a pregame show, Drew Doherty and I, where we'll show you a live look at the field as the players start warming up. We'll give you the top storylines, who's active, who's inactive. I know those are those are big news headlines heading into each game because you don't know who's going to be starting and who's going to be out for the game. So we'll give you all that. We'll also answer your fan questions. So be sure to send those in. And, you know, we've got a few little tricks up our sleeves for this year's pregame show, Texans Unlimited, presented by Verizon. You're not going to want to miss it. That's coming up on Sunday. Well, hope that all of you are doing well out there. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.